What are we talking about? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Can't wait! All right, what's going on, everybody? It's Monday night. We're here for the cheap seats. You guys already know what it is. Uh, we don't have Gene tonight. You know, taking care of some some personal stuff, but some personal stuff. But you know, we're gonna keep the show going without him. I and mean, we're back with another week with Godfrey, who was on last week. Had a lot of fun with him. He decided to come back. So, how are you doing tonight, Godfrey? I'm doing good. <laughs> DJ's in the house tonight. Trying to get it pumped up in here. That's DJ Woo Woo. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy. Uh, you know, doing my thing, getting to talk some sports, take some shots at people, cheap shots from the cheap seats. Or is it just cheap sheets? Or can we take cheap shots? I don't know. Let's take some cheap shots. But uh, I'm excited. No, it's all open here. It's all free. I'm excited to, uh, right. you know, participate again. Okay. Okay. Uh, Got Gina and Chats going on. Uh, Dory, how, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Giannis is aggravating the hell out of me, but what's new? Hey, man, Giannis is, you know, he's had a, quite of a turn with his personality. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. Look, if you're, if you're new to the show, this is like barbershop style. So we kind of just come in and just talk about what's, what's kind of relevant in the sports world. You know, we don't do game previews, anything like that. Uh, Daniel Barry, what's up? So with that, you know, let's get into it because, like I said, we got some topics that I think we're going to have a lot of fun with. So you guys in the chat, make sure you let your opinion known as well. Uh, and, hey, if you even if you have a topic, topic of your own you want us to discuss, put that in the chat. If we have time, we'll definitely get to one. So uh, do that for me. Chat. You know, but the, but uh, where we're different from a barbershop, though, is – I can guarantee you, you're going to be here for an hour and a half and leave without a cut. You may go to a barbershop and be there for an hour and a half and may have never gotten your hair cut. I've been there. I shave my head now, but I've been there before. I know it's the truth. I'm like, yo, I got a flight to catch, dude. I was here two and a half hours, a half an hour before the airport. You spent about 30 minutes over there talking about LeBron versus Michael Jordan, and I'm still not cut. I'm just saying it's a reality. (laughs) You won't get your hair cut here. We can just guarantee that. That's all. No, that, that's that's a great point because I've been there too. You're in there all day. You're just looking around like, like how many people do you really have in front of me? I came and there was like two people in the shop. I still have been in the chair. I, the I, dynamic I of the barbershop always amazed My friend used to own one. It, was, it always amazed me. I'm like, what is there is time management is not here. It is not present. You got to You got to like you literally have to like maneuver your way into the barber chair. Sometimes I still go to bar to get my beer trim. But, you know, this place is appointment. On time, let's go. So, yes, that I mean that that's kind of the barbershop in the modern day now. You got to make appointments, you got to be there, and it's a little bit better, but you still can spend a couple hours there without ninety dollars really for a cut. Money. No, I'm just... <laughs> it's getting there. We're we're yeah. probably like a couple of years away from that. Uh, but yeah, so you know, let's go ahead and get these topics going. I think we'll start with Jory on this one because you know her topic is 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 interesting to get us kicked off with. So, Jory, go ahead. 
my question was, is Giannis start to t- starting to take the LeBron path when it comes to players and coaches, and are the Bucks enabling it? Kind of added that last minute, but. Okay. And I mean, since your question, you can start. All right, I, I can start. I can start. I'm gonna go last. Look. Okay, that works. All right, so when it looks when I look at Giannis, I think what we're seeing is, you know, a, a guy who's in a small market. You know, they've won a title. They've had the – they celebrate the highs of the highs. I think he's kind of looking around and getting desperate to win another one. And because of that, he's trying to exert some power that the organization has enabled him to feel comfortable doing. Because if you're Milwaukee, Giannis is probably the biggest star you've had in a while. Yes, you got Kareem. That was way back in the day. I don't know how much of your fan base was alive to see that. But between uh, Kareem and Giannis, like who's really been bigger? So for them, they want to do everything they can to keep them because with the modern athlete, guys don't like staying in cities like Milwaukee too long. They all feel like they need to get to, you know, Miami or LA or something like that. I think Giannis knows that. Giannis is pretty smart, seemingly. So he understands the pool he has, and if he isn't going to get his way, I think he's going to start holding over the team that, look, just because we won a title with me here doesn't mean that you just you know, get to run business however you want without thinking about my feelings or my input. And I don't know. I feel like Milwaukee needs to be careful because – if one day he wakes up and goes, I, I want to be out of here, what does Milwaukee do at that point? Do they bow down to him and give him what he wants? Or do they force him to kind of fulfill his contract and force him to kind of get along with what they're doing? Because this whole Adrian Griffin stuff has made me look at the organization and Giannis a little differently. Because he was the guy Giannis wanted but less than 50 games in, he just turned on him. And the organization was just like, yeah, we're going to fire him. And now he's with Doc. Doc can't win a game with him. And now it's almost like, was it four or five games in? He had the little incident where he walked off the court. It's like, has he already turned on Doc? I hope Doc got an apartment and not a house in Milwaukee. I hope so, too, because it was like two games ago, Giannis was at his locker talking about, oh, we, we got that patience with Doc. You know, he's just coming in and it's new and everything. And it's like, are, are you giving him? That's what Giannis said. I thought it was, you know, foolish to say that. But that's Doc was, was like, playing basketball patience. when they had the first first dunk contest in history. What are you talk about <laughs> right. like, he's been around forever. I, Look, listen. Giannis, yeah, but yeah. Giannis is a guy who's trying to have this you know, picture perfect reputation as, you know, this this great superstar who doesn't have the ego. But if you look at the past couple of years, we're starting to see the ego of Giannis. Remember early this season, he had the thing with the game ball he went running around like a lunatic for. Then the stuff with Agent Griffin and his brother reportedly comes out and Giannis blew up about that. I don't know what to feel. It was it's the truth. Like, yeah, but, you know, he doesn't want to hear that about his brother. Like, he's the reason his brother's even on the team. Like, let's be honest. If, 
Thanasis' last name was Smith, would he be on the Bucks? No. Like, what does he give you? Nothing. Water. Because Giannis's brother in Milwaukee feels like, well, if we keep him here, then Giannis will want to stay here a little longer. And yeah, Milwaukee's going down a road that I hope that if Giannis decides he wants out, they're ready for that and they know what to do at that point. Hmm. So I heard about, I mean, listen, I got many different answers on this, but I will say the NBA to me with all their drama is like a, is like uh, the sports version of game of Thrones. You know, one guy's back hurts. He can't play. We got thoracic syndrome. I'm talking about some Philadelphia things. Um, mentally he's, he's checked out, you know, I, 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 I'm going to sound like an old man yelling at the clouds here, but like, I don't understand where younger players of this generation don't take any, any value in overcoming adversity and sometimes having to work together with a coach that you don't like or a front office that you don't like. Michael Jordan did it multiple times. Uh, you know, he didn't like that Jerry Krause, right? I mean, so there was a lot of point of contention. Scotty Pippen was getting paid peanuts. He was pissed the whole time, but he still wanted to play. So, listen, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but I remember, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I think you guys are going to be more well-versed on the dismissal of, dismissal of Adrian Griffin than mm-hmm. I will, but it sounded like um, it started when the veteran coach Terry Stott stepped down from his role as an assistant. So the, it was... Basically, there was an incident at the you know at the shoot around where Griffin pretty much, uh, you know, didn't like how he didn't treat him right, and the players were kind of caught off guard by it. That's the word, you know. Um, you know, it's just like when I look at a lot of stuff here, uh, Giannis didn't seem like he was happy with the results, even though they were winning. And I got to give him credit with that because, you know, you don't win anything by winning a regular season. They went and got Dame Lillard. You know, this is the guy that I thought Giannis wanted. Correct me if I'm wrong here. In the first place, the guy started the year with, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I think the NFL, I mean, the NBA has a problem here where star players are like, well, now we're going to decide the team. Um, you got to acquiesce to your stars and you have to make them part of the, the uh, you know, part of the answer, you know, and if they're unhappy, you want them to be happy, especially with the contracts remaining in the NBA and you don't have anybody without a star, right? Milwaukee's in that position because they fell. I don't want to say they fell on the Giannis, but he developed. They got him. You know, they got a championship. If you would have told me Milwaukee Bucks would have won a championship five years ago, I'd be like, yeah, right. Um, and they pull one off and they want to pull one off again. You know, you remember last year at the end of the season, Giannis was like, well, is that a bad season, even though we didn't win the championship? And I get where he was coming from and what he was trying to evoke and say. But, you know, if he's going down the path of, like, where he's unhappy with the coach, I, I, that's a red flag to me. As the owner, I'm going to be like, nah, man, we're not doing this in the, beginning, in the middle of the season. You know what I mean? There are NBA teams in history that have hit adversity and then worked through that adversity, and they were successful. I don't think you know it says the coaches just didn't see the cohesion in the unit they're 30 and 13 so you know listen that's not everything season's not over but um they haven't really looked a ton better have they since 
I mean, since the um, firing and Doc being in there, sounds like they're explaining. Yeah, it's, like, it's like one in three or one in four or something like that. Mm-hmm. So Griffin's back there sipping the tea, being like, yep, mm-hmm. it was me. So, you know, I, I just feel like the great players like to be challenged. They like to be coached hard. They could take criticism, even when it's wrong. They, you know, they could take the message. And the greats are able to take the message, even from someone who might not be the best messenger in the situation, and extrapolate that to their game. And the greats are always like that, right? There's going to be a standing point. Like Magic Johnson went through stuff with uh, his coach, right? I mean, it pretty much got the coach fired. I don't know if you guys have seen that that series or that biopic they did on HBO Max about the Lakers. Pretty good. You should watch it. I mean, but there was some good reasoning there, right? Um, now you look at it and it's fine. And everybody wanted to come down on Magic back in the day. You know, that's the early 80s. So we're not really going to remember that, right? And then that, that, that birthed Pat Riley because he wasn't the coach until that happened. And we all knew who Pat Riley is, right? History wrote itself. So to me, you know, opportunity opens and you get another shot. You know, new things happen. But, you know, if you go down this road and you're one and three and Doc Rivers being the answer is very, very, very much of a red flag. And it tells me that they didn't like Adrian Griffin's style and they wanted a guy that was more of a player's coach that's just going to play to the superstars, and that's what Doc Rivers does. Am I right? You you saw him for years, more than I did, in Boston, being a Celtics fan, mm -hmm. Kyle. I mean, is that not what Doc Rivers is known for? Absolutely. He, I mean, right. that's why he left Boston. He didn't want to go through, you know, the, the rebuild and young players come in. He loved what he had Garnett, Rondo, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. Like, those are four guys. Like, you throw them on the court, they know what to do. And mm -hmm. Doc can just sit back and, you know, he could do his – Raw raw speeches to make sure that they were sticking together, but but yeah, in Milwaukee. Yeah, now I mean, he's, he's gonna got, run it through Giannis. He has, he has a veteran team. Yeah, he has a veteran team in Milwaukee, so it should fit his personality and his coaching style. But it's also a group that hasn't really won a lot together. Like Dame hasn't really accomplished a lot in his career, so but I don't know how Doc Rivers fits with, with Dame necessarily. Yeah. So, I mean, I see one thing like they, they there's a four part, uh, you know, series, right? Or not series uh, on CBS that talks about what got him fired. I think it's 10 reasons, right? Um, Giannis uh, plays coach versus Heat. In late November, Bucks travel to South Beach, take on Miami. He got locked into a battle that went down in a wire. Chris Middleton played hero that night, scoring on back to back possessions in five minutes. After the game revealed that he had planned to, to go to Lillard down the stretch, but it, uh, Giannis audibled in the huddle and told him to get Middleton involved instead. Okay. So he plays coach versus the Heat. So maybe that caused him, right? Then there was uh, Giannis and Griffin argue at the scorer's table. The Bucks' first matchup with the Boston Celtics, as you probably remember this on November 22nd, did not go well. Through a late comeback, made it the final score respectable. They never led in trail by double digits, right? You remember that, uh, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, Kyle. And one point in the third quarter, Giannis was subbed out of the game and decided to sit down at the scorer's table rather than head to the bench. After a contentious conversation with Griffin in full view in the entire arena, the two-time MVP checked back into the game. Griffin brushed off the incident post-game. He wanted to stay in. I wanted to give him a breather. That's all it was, Griffin said. And and then I told him to stay in the table for one possession, and he got back out there. Giannis refused to discuss it. 
So basically they had a they had a tussle up and the coach wasn't making it public and Giannis wanted to fucking he wanted to cry about it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just I like Giannis. I think he's a great player. I think he's exciting. Um but you know, with a lot of power comes a lot of responsibility. So I guess the question is, is he trying to play GM like people accuse LeBron of playing, right? Essentially. Um, it looks that way, doesn't it? It's hard to so I'm gonna have to say yes, is he stepping into the LeBron ways? Um, and to be honest, LeBron has it going on a sustained run since he had a qualified GM running the show in Miami, which was Pat Riley. So, exactly. you know, there is a lot to be said for that. You know, they got him Anthony Davis, he got the bubble championship. And I'm not here to say LeBron's not great. He's one of the greatest of all time. But there has been chemistry issues often with some of these teams that came after the Miami Heat. So there's chemistry issues with the Lakers now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get started on them. Yeah. So my whole thing is, is is he doing that? It looks like it, right? I mean, we're gonna have to let it play out. Maybe he's right. I mean, what my question is, what would make him right for doing it? Like, what would make him right if they won a championship? Because that's the only way you can go, right? It's, it's, is anything else less acceptable? A, a Eastern Conference Finals championship? Is anything else not acceptable without getting Damian Lillard and getting your coach canned? Well, that's actually a good question. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think a conference finals win a championship because... Yeah. Okay, so, Jory, you're saying he has to... Probably win a yeah. title. I mean, I guess I could see that because technically Adrian yeah. Griffin could have gotten into the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. So they had the meltdown in the in-season tournament. Right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. people talk about that as being something. Uh the, I think the Bucks were outscored 15 to 7 by the Indiana Pesters over the final two minutes, right? And uh they were making obvious mistakes on both sides of the ball. Um so Lillard said noted that no one knew exactly what was going on with that sequence. So, I mean, to me, th- this is a problem because Lillard's there. They're trying to make that the whole thing co- cohesive with Lillard and Giannis. The coach, is this, is this his first year working with the Bucs, right? Griffin? Yeah. It yeah, was his first year. Yeah, yeah first, first. And that's, all, and that's all you're going to give him. And you're going to go get Doc Rivers, who has known, who is known. To not be a good playoff basketball coach. So the problem I have here is. If you went to a better. I don't know who that pick would be. But I could tell you. I would tell you not Doc Rivers. If you. And I could question it easily with Doc Rivers. I've seen his playoff history. I've seen how he's going to run an offense. He's going to run it through Damon Giannis. He tried to run it through Harden. And then beat at certain points. Didn't work. There was no versatility there. There were no adjustments. No in-game adjustments. Say as a Sixers fan, I don't know how far they're gonna go, but Nick Nurse, I know, is making adjustments and challenging those players to be better versions of themselves than they were the year before. Never got that feeling with Doc Rivers. I never got that feeling with he he did that with bench players. Um, so if they're looking for a guy to inspire, it's the wrong guy. If they're looking for a guy to get along to go along and get along, then they got the right guy. And 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 Giannis is is dead wrong and he is uh I guess he's playing LeBron GM now, so I guess the answer would be yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think we're all all think he does on the panel, right? He's not. He's 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 getting dunked on 
each time. I mean, does it, I don't know. I just think that's a problem with the NBA. I just think it's a problem, and it's not a good product for the fans. And sometimes the league has to step in, right? Do I like the 65-game rule? No. But do I like as a fan showing up to a game and not seeing the best player play that I bought a ticket for? And listen, when you go to a basketball game, let's say a team stinks and LeBron James is coming to town. They're selling that game out. The low management thing was the player's invention. So the league stepped in there. I'm not a fan of the rule, but this is Giannis's invention. Like what's going on now? So this, to me as a fan, this is, this is, if you guys lose in the playoffs, this is who you want it, Giannis. Someone needs to have the balls and ask them that. I want to see someone come back at, come back at these athletes that try to be bullies. Mm -hmm. Like for real. Like, I remember he was like, you know, I want to see someone come back with it. Was that a bad? No, it wasn't a bad season. But was that your goal coming in? Like, I want to see people be allowed to spar verbally with these athletes more. I'm tired of these these softball questions and the PR person brushing, brushing reporters off. That's just me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I know. Jordan, go ahead. Because it's like, when you think about Giannis and being – I'm going to be a little nice because I might rip, I might start to rip him. I already know I'm going to start to rip him. Being a diva. Between this season and this offseason, all Giannis did was run his mouth about bumping his gums, about needing more players, and da 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 da. And maybe he'll leave and all of this other crap and I'm a buck, but I want to be a championship. Whatever the hell he said, some type of stupid ass nonsense. Um, they trade your best defender, Drew Holiday, for Damian Lillard. They they did they trade it for him, right? No shit that your defense drops off. They get you your guy at coach who you and Dame stupid ass get fired. That's on you, right? And now we have Doc. And now you want to try to show up, show him up. Six games, five or six games in. Doc will make it easy for him. <laughs> Doc has been there all of a hoop holler a scoop. Glenn Rivers. Don't end your frustrations at him when the people above you got these got slow, slow, and slower around you, and you're the most athletic person on that team, and y'all can't stop a nosebleed. It's not that that's not Doc's fault. You and Dane put Doc in that situation to work with a whole bunch of old aging veterans and pieces that haven't been proven before, minus Middleton, who's clearly not the goddamn same. This is your bad, Giannis. Lay in it. Own up to it. It could be system. Quit right? acting like a... Hmm, yes. Quit acting like a teenage girl and buy and, and grow the hell up. You're too old to be acting like this. How long have you been in this goddamn league? What, 11 years? 12 years? What? 10? Like, come on. I'm tired of them. Shit, both of them to Taiwan. I mean, listen, 
I don't disagree with you. I, I do think Middleton, you know, I remember Al Horford came to the Sixers and he didn't look good at all. He went, he went back to a different system, different team, and he looked rejuvenated, right? And, you know, they're trying to get Middleton more involved and things of that nature, and they're having problems doing that. I think maybe they're going to bring Doc in to simplify things, but I just don't see – I don't see the Bucks winning the championship here, and I could be dead wrong. Maybe they go on a run, you know, and they prove everybody wrong, but I, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I, it's – uh, you know, coaches in the season, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I just – the guy was 30 at 13. I, you know – a lot of these coaches, I, I, I think everybody thinks, <clears throat> you know, all these coaches are just like sunshines and rainbow if you if the players don't say anything about them, which isn't the case. They're, they're, they're strong personalities as well. You have to be to run a pro sports team, right? Mm-hmm. And I would like to hear a time when a player steps in to save a coach's shop. If you, if you fire him, you're going to have to trade me. Kind of like what Max Crosby did for Antonio Pierce in Las Vegas. <laughs> like, like it, it's, you know, I don't know, man. I, coaching. Football players understand that it is a process. Yeah. I don't know how much, though, <clears throat> of coaching moves the needle in basketball as it does in, in football. I feel like a lot of players, like, we, you know, it's our five versus your five. We got our bench. I don't know. Do you think, like, do you think – how many needle moving coaches are there in the NBA? Like if you had to think like of a coach who would immediately approve your team just by him being there. I mean, yeah, there's not that many of them. I feel like most people would probably say would probably say pop, but they might even say they pop a few years ago because some people might think pop is just a little old right now. He's kind of an old crabby man. Yeah. I think someone would say Spolstra because of heat culture. You know, depending how much you believe in that, then outside of that, I don't. I don't really know about coaches today who would really come in move the reputation. Right, Kerr. Kerr used to be that guy, and yeah, he he isn't getting really getting mentioned anymore like that because of how Golden State's fallen off the past couple of years. Tyloo, yeah, yeah, Tyloo might be the third guy in there. Didn't he ride on the LeBron carousel for a little bit? He did. Yes. Yeah. How'd he that did win the championship with LeBron. But he, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> no equity. No equity there. And Mike Malone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It, basketball to me, like, I think it's a great sport, but like this kind of stuff, I feel like as a fan, it's just hard to buy into a team, right? As a Bucks fan, you're excited because you have Damian Lillard and you got Giannis. Mm-hmm. But like, as a fan, just think how frustrating it is. Is like they sign your your favorite player to an eight year deal, and he wants to force his way out. And the and the NBA that seems to be able to happen more and more than any other sport. <clears throat> Not nah, many kind of contract. So, well, yeah. I feel like teams are kind of. They want coming around to that, and that's why a lot of guys are only signing like three and four year deals because these teams know if they sign the guy to seven years, he's not staying there seven years unless you basically win the title like four out of the seven. After three, he's probably gonna get a little antsy and want to get out anyway. I also think some of that might be you know, you hear a lot of people say they hate the AAU culture of the NBA. 
I kind of think that this is a product of that, even though Giannis is an international player and it's a little bit different with, it's supposed to be a little bit different with those guys, but a lot of the American players, they're used to at a young age playing on basically all-star teams, dominating. So they don't really know about going through adversity. They assume that once it starts going bad, I just can go to the next team that's really good and we'll just continue from there. They don't want to sit there and feel like they're wasting their good years on bad teams. Whereas, you know, guys like Larry Bird, I mean, Larry Bird had a lot of success with the, with the Celtics, but you couldn't see like a Larry Bird at the Celtics became really bad going to the front office and be like, oh, trade me to the Lakers or something like that. That just doesn't seem right. But today, well, I'll, give, I'll give you a modern day example. I mean, an old day example back in the day. Okay. Um, it kind of sucked, but I understood why Charles Barkley demanded a trade from the Sixers to the Suns. We got nothing okay. for him. I mean, we got Jeff Hornacek, whoopee, Tim Perry, and some other guy. Um, so, but as a fan, you understood because the Sixers just stunk and he didn't want to waste his good years. But it wasn't like we signed a deal. It wasn't the same way, right? And Charles is still beloved here. And that's how you can tell the fans understood. You know what I mean? But God, it, that wasn't the first moment of adversity followed. And that's where the difference is that you're, that you're bringing up. It's like now one, one, one set of adversity and you, uh, you can't do anything. And that's why I think you won't see dynasties in basketball anymore. You know what I mean? Just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do I know? Because they're soft and they want to like a media. They do. Yeah. 100%. Because the media loves taking guys who they feel like are in terrible situations and going on TV day in and day out saying, oh, get this guy to a better situation. Where They invent stuff. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm seeing it right now football with uh, A.J. Brown talking about trading A.J. Brown. I don't even know where the hell that came from. I don't even know why they're saying it. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. in the Eagles is saying it, but people give it relevance. And you're like, what's going on? Trade here? AJ Brown and waste all that money that y'all just paid. Oh, I know. It's uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I said. But you hear people say it, and you're like, where are you getting this from? You know, mm-hmm. the part just because he's disgruntled right now. Wait until he has 10 catches for 250. He'll be fine. He's yeah. just frustrated. I expect receivers. AJ always acts like a people when he's frustrated. Yeah, I agree. I've seen it in Tennessee. How salty were you the night they traded him? I almost threw my phone. <laughs> it was that bad, huh? I, I, I was not. I was like, are you serious? I you turned like- my TV. I went to bed. I'm like, I, I went to bed. I ate my dinner, took my dog out. Went to bed. Mm. Just ruined my night. Because I knew so we, what was to come after that. So uh, we have answered the, the question. It is answered that he is uh, trying to get. Well, how did you phrase it? Be, be in his LeBron ways? Yes. Trying to jump in that LeBron bag, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's official. Like Giannis, you're too old to be doing all this. Because a few years 
you were just the innocent, goofy, goofy person, and you were real with the media, and all of a sudden you drop the facade and show your ass. Come on. You put yourself in the situation, I, and you got to realize that. Maybe a lot of this, maybe a lot of this is just him being desperate to win another title. Because maybe he just loved the feeling of winning one, and now it's been a couple of years. He's just like, I want to get back there. Like if he spun it that way, I feel like fans would be on board with him. But the way he's just doing it, it's like he's doing, he's like taking these shots from the ivory tower, and then when you ask him about it, he's like, "What? I no, I didn't do that." Like the whole thing with Angel Griffin, I, I, I was surprised by it. No, you, nobody's buying that. We all know you had a part in Adrian Griffin getting fired. And then I love him. And that's the part of it where I think he's turning off like, a lot of fans. Yeah. I love yeah. him. A lot of them yeah. care who tell it. Come on now. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> he's been aggravating me. I get that off my chest. Okay. I mean, look, I feel like we, we, we answered that one. We could go to our next question. Uh, I guess will be mine. So for me, I'm going to jump ship to the NFL. And looking at this recent coaching hire uh, cycle that we just had where eight jobs are open and where we've been told the last couple of years, like you have to get offensive-minded coaches because it's an offensive league. Five of the eight jobs went to defensive guys. So should we look at this as maybe the trend switching? Or was it just something that, you know, maybe just this time around, it just happened to be defensive guys and the next cycle will probably go right back to more offensive guys. So is this the new trend or just a blip on the radar? And I guess we'll, this one will go Godfrey, Jory, then I'll go less. I, uh, it's an interesting trend um, for sure. I mean, I didn't expect that. So it was five of eight, right? So you had Quinn, yeah. McDonald, Raheem Morris, um, Gerard Mayo, and who else? Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce. All right. So I'm going to take out Antonio Pierce and Gerard Mayo because Gerard okay. Mayo was loved by the owner. Antonio Pierce was loved by the players. And they said, we're based, Max Carver's like, you will trade me if you don't hire him. <laughs> um, so. You know, I, I don't like know. It. I don't know if that was something where it was their ideal first plan. I think that was the ideal first plan actually for New England, as you said. As you said, you said from the door, Kyle. New England, Robert Kraft loves Gerard Mayo, <clears throat> and it didn't take long for him to make that transition. <clears throat> so, my thing is, is uh, the league adjusts, right? We'll see. It's an offensive league, then it becomes a defensive league. I think in time you'll see it become a running league again, right? From the passing league, right? Um, because if you're smart and you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, you're looking at a Josh Allen, any of these quarterbacks that you consider dynamic, the best uh, way to keep them from hurting you is keeping them off the field, right? So I would say you're going to see these teams that go defensive heavy, go run heavy as well, Right. And it makes a lot of sense if you're going to do that, bringing in a young quarterback. Now, you got to make sure these defensive coaches got to make sure that they have great de offensive minds on their staff. Right. Because if they don't, 
it's not going to matter. And it's not going to matter if the kid wasn't really good or not. Your job as a coach, you're being tasked with, hey, this is our number one pick. I truly believe Caleb Williams is going to be the number one pick. The Redskins are going to jump up and trade and trade for him. Someone's going to trade for that number one spot. I think the Bears are keeping fields. You know, and so there's a lot to be said. I mean, I, I don't know what the analytics say about it, but do I think it's a trend? Uh, I, I could see that. The NFL does that a lot. I mean, you'll see a trend and things will change, and you have to kind of go against the trend to do anything different. I see them willing to take that risk. So, you know, a good coach is a good coach. I don't think you can enforce it if there's no one out there that's really a dynamic offensive mind. I mean, they're bringing in Kingsbury – to um, Cliff Kingsbury to Washington. Maybe he's a good OC. Um, the Eagles were interviewing him. I wanted to throw up in my mouth. I'm glad they didn't hire him because he, <laughs> he, you know, he didn't do anything as a coach. I don't know how much respect he really should get. I know he, I believe he coached Mahomes um, in college, didn't do gr- great things in college. So I don't know. Maybe he's a good designer of offense, but they said, hey, we're going to bring him in. Kingsbury, I believe, is the OC now or was the OC at USC, if I'm not correct, right? So I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams is going to be a commander. Something tells me, and I was thinking that before the tweet went out from Caleb Williams today. So they bring in this defensive guy. Uh, they hired the guy from the Ravens, correct? Yes. McDonald? No. Yeah, the Seattle. Quinn has head coaching experience. He's been to a Super Bowl as a head coach. He's and worked Google. with... He, he did blow it. Well, some would say Kyle Shanahan did, but he he had part in it too. Um, they both did. Yeah. So, yeah. but he has experience in working with a dynamic offensive coach, meaning he lets him do his thing and doesn't interfere. So I do see it. I do. I do see a trend. I do. I think the trend could continue. I mean, the first one that happened, I was shocked, was by Raheem Morris. I know people talk well about him in a coach circle, and I get that. But at the end of the day. Um, I was still shocked by the hire. There was a lot of other places I thought it was going to go. And, you know, listen, he did well with that defense, but I'm sorry, man. Let's not make, let's not act like he was Jesus turning water into wine here. It wasn't, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't that good, but he's got, he's got a good reputation. So, you know, when I look at all the hires, I mean, you know, the guy from Baltimore went to Seattle and, and, you know, all these things have a lot of stuff in common, either, they have a quarterback that's a veteran and they need the defense to shore up so they don't have to win it on the backs of the quarterback or you got a young quarterback coming in. You know, uh, who is the other defensive guy? So we got Quinn. They're going to get a young quarterback, obviously. Uh, Seattle, I think they should go after a quarterback, but they might not. They're going to stick with Geno. I think you hit your ceiling with Geno, so they're going to have to up that defense, right? Uh, so mm-hmm. that's going to be some. So they bring in that guy to, to up the defense. Um who am I missing here? Seattle, Washington, Gerard Mayo. I think he's going to continue what Bel- he learned from Belichick. You know how they do offensively. I, I don't know who's going to be the offensive core. Who's the OC in there now? It's uh, Alex Van Pelt from Cleveland. Alex Van Pelt. I think that could be good. I brought his name up. I believe if you heard me bring his name up before with, um, you know, on sideline and sideline as a dark horse OC candidate. I like that for them. That means they're probably going to be running the ball. If he's learning from the Kevin Stefanski system. So they brought in a guy that could run an offense. So that's good. 
Um, who's the, who's the other one? Raheem Morris. I don't know who he's bringing in as a play caller, but I do know that if they don't get a quarterback Zach there, Zach Robinson. He brought Robinson. Over, yeah, he brought him over from the Rams staff. Yeah. Now I'm going to question Robinson if he's good or not. I'm going to tell you why. McVay calls a lot of those plays, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen guys that were his offensive coordinator burn or do well, right? And so Kevin McConnell, the jury's still out of him, right? Um, who was the other guy that got hired? Uh, was it LaFleur? No, LaFleur came from the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Not LaFleur came from Who's the- the- Wasn't there a guy that was under him that got, that got fired that was uh, – oh, Brandon Staley. Staley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that proud yeah. of a coach. He should have never. Staley was a I caught. keep forgetting so, Staley came from. The, yeah, yeah. So if did Staley, you know, he was a fraud. But so did Zach Robinson? <laughs> is he really good? Maybe where he's going to get a chance to show it, or did he take a pee in the urinal next next to Sean McVay like Kevin O'Connell and Staley did? Okay, the jury's still out on Kevin O'Connell. So I look at those guys. You know, I think they need a quarterback there. Raheem Morris this is his second time around. He might have learned a lot his first time from being a coach and then having a break in between. Might have been valuable for him. So he might be a lot better. Knows how to manage it a lot better. He was well respected in that organization. You're you're uh, enlighten me on Kyle. And who's the other one I'm forgetting? That's it pretty much, right? Yeah, because you took well, yeah, you took Mayo and Pierce out of it because of the situations. Yeah. Mayo, I mean, Pierce, yeah, who's going to – I don't know if they have their OC out there yet, but I think he's a good leader of men. That's what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what they're going to do offensively is going to be kind of – Well, didn't, you know, I think they hired hard. – didn't they hire Luke Getze? Did they? Didn't he just get fired? Yeah, he was with the Bears. I could I sworn that that's where he went after – uh, Kingsbury took the You're job. You're in deal to be Raiders OC after Clickspringer withdraws himself. So um, Luke Getze uh, seems like just a guy to me. I don't know if that's he good is. for Antonio Pierce. Um, who are they going to draft? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I wasn't too impressed with Luke Getze's uh, progress with Justin Fields. I would imagine Aiden O'Connell isn't it. So he might be a placeholder. So uh, handle, you know, Antonio Pierce, man, Woo, not a good mm-hmm. setup. So we'll see what He's happens. He's got his work cut out. Yeah, and they brought Scott. they brought Marvin Lewis as his like associate head coach, which is good. yeah. I saw there's a lot of old school head coaches jumping on that. There's another one too, right? It wasn't just Marvin Lewis? Wasn't another another coach that joined the staff? In, um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking up right now. Veteran coaches joining. Yeah, I feel like there was another one. Uh, DN Andre Carter. He joined. Uh, so you know, I don't know if you guys remember him. That's from way back in the day. But uh, was that before I was born? Mm, he was drafted seventh overall in two thousand one. I don't remember that because I was born in two thousand one. Okay, there you go. So close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. You know, listen. I, I think uh, I'm I'm rooting for for Antonio Pierce. So, so, but I will tell you that I don't know if I like his setup. Man, the, the, you know, what are they going to do? You know, with the new manager, general manager over there, we'll see what happens. 
But uh, Marvin Lewis coming in helping him out, that's good too because he's going to have a guy that was a long-tenured head coach. So yeah. we'll see. I think it's a trend. I, I do think it's a trend. I think teams are, are willing to take a shot on defensive coaches, and people are shocked by that now. But I think it's a trend that's going to continue. If the coach is a quality coach, and he can make your team really good at something that you could build off of. Ideally, every football fan looks at their team and they want them to be good on both sides of the ball. That doesn't always happen. The Chiefs, now I think they are good on both sides of the ball. They kind of had to redevelop their offensive identity, but they were doing they're doing good offensive, I mean defensively. So it's gonna change up year to year. And and the good organizations know that. And sometimes you're gonna have to go defense because everybody in the league is going you can't all we can't all get a quarterback. And I think it's smart to be that way because you might have to take a a Jared Goff type or someone like that and build around him. Right. Just don't go for it on fourth down when you can take three score lead. But that's that's another story. <laughs> right. All right. So Jory, I guess I guess you know, do you agree with Godfrey that it is a trend, or do you think it's just a, a one-year type deal? I'm seeing that it's a trend because it's like the question within the question, like how do you try to stop these high-powered geniuses and high-powered offenses with defensive wizardry? So, of course, you're going to need that balance. And it's like – because when you think about all the offensive high – I don't know what Harbaugh will consider because I know Harbaugh does pretty well on both. Um, I'm talking about the one that came from Michigan, not the not the choke artist in Baltimore. Um, I, I think he classifies him as an offensive guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's an offensive guy. Callahan is an offensive guy. He bought his five, which I think is adorable, actually. More help for my O line, but never mind. Never mind that. Um. Zach, oh, who else got hired on the offensive ladder? Uh, the guy in Carolina, Canales, who came from Tampa Bay. That was a high. They had to go get who they could get because they know that they weren't getting no quality head coaches because David Tepper is impatient, and he's ruined yes. their chances of that. Um, who else? That's about it. Ben Johnson didn't get hired. It wasn't because he called the. Uh... The commanders basketball guys. Don't get me started on <laughs> You guys are really basketball guys here. And they've won championships. I mean, Magic's won championships playing ball, but you know, who knows that little thing about championship DNA, something that the commanders clearly don't, but you know, and the Lions clearly don't right now, but you know, otherwise they wouldn't have collapsed, choked that league. But you know. I think it's a good thing for the league. Um, you need some type of balance between offensive-minded offensive, offensive coaches, defensive-minded coaches. I think it's a great little clash. It's like class of checkers. I I like how – I just want it to continue to stay um, balanced. We don't scoring up a mile and then, oh, no, where's the defense? And then now we don't get no score, no scoring. There is to be a balance. That's my thing. Yeah. I think a lot of teams are really trying to balance their their money with the bend but don't break defense, as people call it. 
I don't think a lot of defenses are made to impose their will on you anymore, more so to respond, to be reactive, not proactive. So yeah. maybe the buck, could, they keep bucking the trend and hiring these defensive coaches, and then we start to see proactive defenses. I mean, think about it. When's the last time you've seen a defense where, like, you knew they were going to go out there and maim the other team? Other than maybe this year's, we thought Baltimore would do that, but no. Yeah, we did. I'm not even gonna mention the purple pigeons, fabulous purple purple pigeons. pigeons. (laughs) Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, well, they uh, they definitely crapped a bit, but you know that you know I guess uh, I don't know. I think the trend continues. I think you're right. So, what what is yeah? I I think. Grand you know, I, feel like yeah, look, I feel like if you look at the league, you know, scoring was down this year. I think you look at the two teams that are in the Super Bowl, like the Niners, you would say, I, I guess coming into this year, that the Niners are more of a defensive team with an offense that kind of just gets by and does enough. I think that kind of shifted a little bit uh, as the season went on. But you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs have had you know, so many issues offensively, yet they've gotten back here because of that defense stepping up and filling in while, you know, Mahomes and and Kelsey figured it out. So I do think it is a good trend that, you know, teams are going defensive. And I also like that a lot of them went young and defensive. I think that's an interesting trend as well. You know, we've seen some unproven guys get hired and, you know, I'm all for that, seeing new guys getting opportunities. But I also think because, you know, Godfrey, you said was the last time we've seen a defense that really, like, main people and all that. I feel like it's tough to do that, and a lot of defenses have to be bend, don't break because of the rules on offense. Like, we're seeing offenses with a lot of motion if you're Miami, or you'll see offenses that run a lot of pick plays. If they're smart about it, they don't get called for, you know, offensive pass interference. And it's like, as a defense, there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Because if a, if the team's going to run a pick play on you and you're not really allowed to grab and hold guys at the line, you get caught up in that, then, you know, a five-yard pass turns into like an 80-yard game. I so, play Tommy. For the pick play? Uh, I feel like that was, that was no, more of a for the year towards the quarterback. Uh, I mean, they, could, they do, play. but uh, listen, the problem is this. So a lot of these teams want to play with the lead and these defenses are meant to play with the lead. That's why you see some of them mm-hmm. crumble when they don't have the lead. Look at Dallas. For whatever reason, Packers got up on him. I knew it was over. I thought okay. the same thing with the Niners. But if you really look at the game with the Niners game, they had to be let back into that game. Mm-hmm. Tur- stupid turnovers had to happen. If that game played out and there weren't any mistakes, the Lions would be sitting in Las Vegas right now. They got lucky with that. The Niners did. And, you know, because they're not designed to play from behind. That's why they never played well from behind. And you're right about that, about the bend, don't break, and opposing your will, because they're trying to half the field by getting them in a position where they have to pass. Where they have to take a three a longer a longer drop. There's got to be longer reads. You need more yards and a quicker space, and that's why they're 
part of the reason you're you're it's partly rules too but i you know listen i'm just glad as an eagles fan that i can sit back here and we got the master of the vendome prank vic fangio (laughs) (laughs) and i'm finally glad we got a good dc because listen that's a that's a great example of uh you know gianna giannaisms or giannis like the players are crying about vic fangio in miami it's like all right i'm out you know, but a lot of players came out and said that that it you need a lot of preparation, a lot of study, you need an all-in commitment, and they weren't given it. And you know what? They had a lot of injuries, but guess what? They got a young they got a young coach that isn't holding them to that standard. So some players talk bad about other coaches when they hold, try to coach them hard. They get all sensitive. Eric Bieniemy is a good another example. So I don't know. I I think you're right, Kyle. I think it. I think I think the trend could continue because how many offensive minds are there out there? You know. Um, ben Johnson learned that he could be a good offensive mind, but uh, he can't say whatever he wants in interviews, apparently. So, <laughs> I mean, he can't be like, uh, you know, can't can't pull the um, the Jim Irsay. So, although he's the owner, I think you're right. I mean, it, it's a trend that's. Uh, I don't see why I wouldn't continue. I should say I could see it continuing based off the success of this crop of defensive coaches going forward over the next one to two years. If a lot of them have shit years, you might see people like, nah, that's not the way. Yeah. Uh, the Dan that's Quinn, the, the Washington yeah. hire surprised me. Surprised me. Mm-hmm. Now, surprised next year, because I know there's going to be two, there's two coaches in the NFC East that should pre, that, that, is, that seats are hot. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the one in Dallas and the one in Philadelphia because we already know Philadelphia is quick to say bye bye to a coach. Yeah. Would you? Uh, like- Dallas is going to be hot because if they don't get if they don't get past the second round, they they need to be in a, in an NFC Championship game. I think if they don't if they don't make a deep run, he's gone. But I I, I thought he was going to be gone after this year. And actually, I'm going to double down that he's not gone. If they don't make a deep run this year, Dak will be gone. That's what oh, I think. Oh, you know that. I definitely know that. If they don't make a deep run, so, I so think. You think you think they would keep McCarthy and move on from Dak, and that'd be the change they make next year? Yeah. Okay. Dak costs a lot more. Sure. They cost a lot more. I mean, they have an out in his contract of 2024. I mean, it would be some dead cat, but it wouldn't be nearly as big hit. Nick Sirianni, mm-hmm. I. I have an unpopular opinion amongst my Eagles fans. I think he's being unfairly maligned. I think he went took your team to the Super Bowl last year. Things spiraled out of control. You know, but people like to say stuff like, well, he doesn't pick his own assistants. Okay, well, you know, it sounds like when I read the paper, the assistants are picking their own assistants, which it should be. Those are guys are used to working with. That's normal. Um you know, and then they would ask him, like, well, what do you do in the press conference? He's the head coach. What do you mean, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, and people in Philly are prisoners of the moment, and they think they should fire the guy. And when you fire coaches that quickly, that often, that just took you to Super Bowl last year and made the playoffs, you're a bad organization. You can't – one of my favorite quotes is, when you start listening to fans, you'll be sitting with them. And that's what Buddy Ryan says. True. And and the thing is, is you know, listen, nobody was 100% on Nick when we hired him. Then we took him to the Super Bowl. 
Nobody was in on Andy Reid when we hired him. Look at Andy Reid now. Like anytime Jeffrey Lurie's made this sexy hire, it's never worked out long term for Philly. And I do think he will be on the hot seat. You're right. I don't think he should be, but he will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he will be because of the fan base and the ownership, you know. And if he's on the hot seat, if they start off slow, but they're surrounding him. Listen, they didn't have a good plan in place for replacements for their coordinators when they went to other teams and became head coaches. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a good plan. It was exposed. They were looking fine. But things happened down the stretch. They made a panic move and going to Matt Patricia. And it got worse. And it got worse. And they need to have someone there to command respect. Kellen Moore will command respect. And so will Vic Fangio. Yeah. Yeah, well, he he better give a discount or he ain't staying. He might be able to come back. (laughs) With that contract. I knew he had to. And I was watching his tape and whatnot um, throughout the season. I'm like, did we get out of that at the right time? I'm like, did we trade him at the perfect time? It's hard to tell, though. Step back. It was like, <sighs> hard to tell them. Yep, because he had just got there. Yeah, and the, and the scheme was so in turmoil. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had they had uh, they had Hassan Reddick drop it back to coverage. So huh? it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-mm. Anywho. So that well, brings and asked our thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury, which we did talk about a little bit when we were. He's a weasel. Um, okay, there you go. <laughs> I, I think he's he got a lot like to, a weasel. Yeah. He's got a lot to prove from an offensive coordinator on the pro level. I haven't seen him have success on the pro level. That's why when the Eagles were talking about that, I wanted to throw up in my mouth because I needed to have a coach that has had some semblance of success on the pro level, and I haven't seen that from him. So I think purely they're bringing him in. Because their commanders, one thousand percent, believe that they're going to cable ends. Now he's from the Maryland area, and I do work with someone during the day job that his brother. This is good information here. I'm not going to give you names, but it's a childhood friend of his brother. Like they know each mm-hmm. other, and he's a Maryland kid. He will want to play in Maryland, and I've been saying this for weeks. And they're going to go after him. And they're going to get him, Josh. Harris is a Maryland guy as well. And if Caleb Williams has that much juice, they were going to generate excitement around this team, including the new ownership, so they could get that new stadium built. This this is the way to go. I'm telling you, they're, they're going to trade up to get them. 100%. they got to move one spot. Everybody thinks that he's going to be a bear. I don't see it. I think the Bears would have kept, would have got rid if they were getting rid of Justin Fields, I don't think they're firing the offensive coordinator. I think they're firing the head coach, actually. If they were getting rid of Justin Fields, I think they would have fired the head coach and married the coach to their quarterback. They're not doing that. So we'll see. Um, by the way, uh, well, before you get to the next question, uh, I got a hot take. You'll love this, Jerry. Uh, Ryan Tannehill will be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers by week three. I think that's fun. I think that I think there that is a real possibility because Arthur does love familiarity. That yep, word, and I, I they it. they work together successfully. I think mm-hmm. Brian Tannehill stays healthy will be a better quarterback than what the real Steelers have had in recent history since Big Ben. He'll be able to uh, run the offense. 
On top of that, I've seen this play out before with Ryan Tannehill. He came in on a prove a contract when Mariota was still the guy. And I was saying it, I was saying it in preseason that year that he will be the starting quarterback based off the preseason play. And he was already looking like a better passer than Mariota. And I can see the same thing happening with Arthur Smith as the OC, which was a head scratcher to me, but the OC in Pittsburgh. I don't know why they brought him in. I'm telling you, I can see the Steelers shining Ryan Tannehill because he's going to become a free My agent. My dog could throw better than Mariota. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mariota is not a good thrower of the football. No, he's not. So No, he's not. And he quits. Soft ass. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. No, he is a quitter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, boo to him. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we got got one more question. We got like half an hour to go. So, Godfrey, uh, go ahead. So, my question is: Has sports betting made the U.S. sports fan worse? Has it made them worse? In the terms of how they act, how they conduct themselves, you know, in conjunction with social media and contacting sports players, has it made them worse as a sports fan? I'll let you go. You want to go first on this, Kyle? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, That's a really good question because, you know, depending on who you talk to, sports fans have already have always been kind of bad when it comes to their teams. But now you're attaching people's money to it and they've gotten a little worse. I also think, you know, it's led to some fans looking at things through the eye of their wallet instead of maybe necessarily being uh, real about their team. Because we've seen a lot, a lot of this stuff coming up about the league being rigged. Why do you think it came up with that? Because money's involved. So if you bet on your team, they lose. The, the new hot thing as a fan to say is, oh, it's rigged against my team. When it's like, no, it's not necessarily rigged. Your team just isn't good enough, and you just don't want to see it that way. So I, I don't know if it's made them worse. It's probably made them more obnoxious, more conspiracy theory-driven, for sure. Well, I feel like Man. fans are still the same. It's just that, you know, before it'd be – I don't know, they would drink too much, they just fly off at the mouth and they'd be obnoxious with that. Now it's just they're obnoxious because they believe every conspiracy theory out there that gives them a reason for why they lost money on a game as opposed to them realizing that they're just not good at betting on games. They feel like the whole system's out to get them. And it's like, you're just a random guy. Or, you know, mm. random women or women who get into betting, but it, it's unladylike. I, mean, I, I can see it. I can see how it has made fans worse. I don't know. This is a really good question. I would say it's just made them more obnoxious, not necessarily worse. So I'll give you the New York. I'll give you a stat here to chew on while you guys get this answer right. Um, New York introduced legal online sports betting in January 22. The Empire State remains the industry's top performer in October. It became the first U.S. state to post two billion in sports betting handle in a single month. In a single month, that's a lot. That's just one month. Yeah. Um, still can't bet online in Florida though. Boo for Florida. 
So if you're a degenerate gambler, you're not going to like it down there. Right. I mean, I've Maybe. seen you know, ESPN doing this series about sports betting and, you know, uh, guys like tied to Vegas talking about how their demographic is like the college kid. And they showed a bunch of college kids in the dorm room just watching and constantly on their phone placing bets and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that way it's definitely made – fans worse because you'd hate to see like a college kid just dropping money like that on sports betting. But I do think it gives fans a different way to watch the game. Whether that's good or bad is probably another question, but I also think for some fans, it's made them pay more attention to kind of like smaller details. So I think in that way it has been kind of good, but I don't know if that's enough to outweigh the, the necessary negatives that have come with it. It's I just mean, no one's watching the Patriots versus uh, the Steelers on Thursday Night Football without betting. Yeah, outside of, yeah, for betting reasons, yeah. Outside of that fan base. And yeah. now it makes it – fantasy football plays a part in that too, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I should have said did fantasy – has fantasy football contributed to that? And, you know, we, we'll, we'll put that in the same pot, but – yeah, um, fantasy football was like the first step towards this because, you know, you could have a league, you put some money on it, and that was like your first introduction to, to sports betting. And then that just evolved into what it is today where you have FanDuel and all these, uh, you know, online sports books where you can bet in-game, you're betting on everything down to passing yards and, you know, over-unders for scores. So it just gives you more of a analytical way to look at sports for your betting. And like I said, I think in that way, it's, it, it can make fans more informed, but the conspiracy theory part of it has definitely come from the sports betting. And that's oh, definitely yeah. been worse. like that stuff is just, that needs to go. But my team lost the playoffs because Taylor Swift showed up and Taylor Swift and Cal- yeah. Travis Kelsey are, are dating instead of my team choked. Dumbass. Right. Oh my God. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> Not, so, right, so not, that, that, that's the yeah. bad side of today's fan. But the good part is, you know, noticing trends in quarterbacks and all that, and having more informed discussions. I feel like that that's been a so that good and bad to it. So Woj dropped a truth bomb about this. He said, "Now this was on SI. Um, we're talking almost a couple of years ago now." But he said, "Woj drops a truth bomb about so April 2022 about the impact of legalized betting on fan behavior." Uh, <clears throat> so he says in-game betting was only going to make fans more unruly at sporting events and I tend to agree I love betting I have nothing against betting mm-hmm. but you know I'll give you more of my answer you know as, as we go around the horn here but I, I, I think you're right there's some there's some positive to it there's not all negative but I do think people just go they just, they just, they're just a little extra now mm-hmm. than they were before I should say a lot extra and, you know, with the, no the conspiracy money, theories, uh, you know, to me, man, <laughs> when you say I say to someone, well, why do you watch them if you think it's rigged? And they never answer me. But the real reason is, is because you're degenerate and you can't stop betting. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> because if you thought it was being fixed and someone's taking your money because they're cheating you, why the hell would you keep playing? Exactly. There's no logic there. Just emotion. So. So you think it has made it a little bit worse, but not entirely. 
yeah, because there has been some good that's come from it in terms of paying more attention to, you know, the, the stats and all that. But the conspiracy theory stuff has put, has gone way out of hand. The excuse me, yawning on camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she 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 ain't in the sports. I get it. So, Jory. She just wants some attention. They all do, don't they? Jory, so how do you feel about this? Do you see seeing people getting bent out of shape online? You think it's the same? Do you think with more states making it legal, is it changed the dynamic of fan behavior? Absolutely. Because now you have people who think they're bold enough to go in these people's DMs and start talking cuckoo out the side mm, of their necks. Mm. And even when they're in um, in person, in the stadium, talking stupid to other people. That's why we have more stadium fights. Mm. Betting. You lose some money, you're upset. Listen. Of course you're going to act a fool. You're going to spew out some stuff. And if you put alcohol in the mix of betting, mm-hmm. ten, times 10, times 100. So... I get that it can make the sports more entertaining and, yes, more informative to watch because you have more people tuned in because, you know, that's your money. You're going to want to watch it. Um, But then they start acting like they ain't got no goddamn home training. And we are where we are today. But it it, it does have a negative effect on fan behavior. Hmm. It's one cheap ass, one cheap ass Miller Lite, and and you got muscles. <laughs> but it's also made like these leagues change their presentation because now they feed into, you know, feed into that with like their analytics in the corner. Or I mean, look at the NBA; they're doing the LED floors for the All Star game so they can put up kind of like stats and everything. And, and while the players are like taking part in three point contests and stuff, like all that is going to be for those fans who may have put some money down in the competition, can see stats and everything like that. So it's, it's like all around has changed the way sports are just viewed as a whole. And like, and kind of like, you know, I said before, and as George said as well, some of that's good. And then some of that is just, yeah, you got to look it up guy who's lost a hundred dollars because, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't throw for three touchdowns. Yeah. He's going to go crazy. Been there. They can go crazy, yeah. but you know, I lost a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, my only thing. I thought like that's always been a thing, though. But yeah, don't ever, don't ever bet yeah. for three touchdowns when you got a, a quarterback that runs that scores ten touchdowns <laughs> a year. Just, just saying, people don't use logic either when they bet. But you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a whole other discussion. And then they get on the internet yeah. and start looking goofy and stupid, and I'm like, you know what? Cause I can't even do it. Mm-mm. I lost yeah, twenty dollars th- once, and I ain't never bet again. I wish I could say that. But um <clears throat> so these fans, you know, they need to relax. They need to blow the, blow the whistle on these dudes. Um the problem is is I, I do think it's made sport betting worse. And the reason is is because when I talk I talk a lot of sports, obviously I talk with certain people. I see, you know, I'm in well, I I can't why well, I can't remember Discord. I'm in Discord chats where it's like uh Related to a website where you got to have a premium subscription in there, and they're going after the analysts, right? And but you weren't ballsy enough to make the bet on yourself. You pay, and they were wrong. So what if they were wrong? You should have made the bet yourself. 
that's how it works. Do you get to call up your stockbroker every time that every time Amazon dips in stock? No, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but you got to not be emotional. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. You can win money on an emotional bet, but don't chase your bets. And I think people are betting money they shouldn't bet because they don't can't afford it. And I'm not saying you get rid of sports betting. I'm a big proponent of betting. It's going to get done either way, legally or illegally. And mm-hmm. but when I see these people thinking that the player is responsible for your bet, you are out of your mind. And I see that more yes. and more. And I see people acting at a turn where they're mad about certain things, or you'll talk football with them logically. Like the best was as an Eagles fan. Oh, that Dolphins Eagles game was fixed. Look at that call by the ref. I'm like, so you're just you're not going to talk about the other calls that happened or didn't happen. You know, I'm never even with my own team. <clears throat> I'm a fan of. I'm never a proponent of taking the refs and taking them and making an excuse for why your team lost. There's plays left on the field. There's a lot of plays in a game. Don't care what situation it is. Sometimes spots are more egregious than others. I get it. I hear it. I see you. And there are bad calls. I mean, I felt like um, the Lions-Rams game, that was a bad call, not calling pass interference on Puka, you know, on uh, the cornerback sticking Puka. But they also got down in the red zone three times and got three field goals out of it. Yeah. So they have to win. Winners win. They do it themselves. They're not looking for a handout. You know, if you want to be strategic about betting, there's plenty of ways to do it. But if betting was so easy that people could do it full time, no one would be working a damn job. Like, you know, and it's, it's, I wouldn't be. I've, I no, I wouldn't be. Sometimes you got to say to yourself in the mirror, be like, look in the mirror and be like, you know what? I don't know shit. Just, just <laughs> as a practice, but I don't know shit. I suck. How's that for dad? daily positive real affirmation so i mean <laughs> and sometimes i'll make a bet like what the hell is i thinking and sometimes i make a really good bet you know and you got to roll the punches you get better you know you make sure you don't bet yourself at a house and home if you're gonna bet but a lot of these guys will take bets and i'm like ooh, like my favorite so this is how they play with your mind and this is why i need i know it's made the nfl fan and the nba fan the nhl fan and the MLB fan, mostly I would say basketball though, and football, are probably I'd be willing to bet there are two most bet sports in the United States: basketball and football. Now I could be wrong here, um, but what these websites do is they try to tease you into these parlays, and I know it looks great. You put down ten dollars, you can win one thousand. There's a reason why they're giving you those odds. Because they're going to take that $10 from you most likely and about a 1,000 other people because you're being greedy and you wanted to win a lot of money for risking a little bit. And, you know, listen, if it's not hurting you and you're having fun, there's nothing wrong with it. But when you become that fan because you're mad because your seventh team didn't hit in your 18 parlay, then you're an idiot because you really, you know, you, the odds are against you. Once you get above three or more legs, like you, you it's harder and harder each leg you add. And I've won some parlays like that, but these fans wear those emotions and they just go right into it. And, you know, you got to learn, you got to lessen your risk. So if you want to win, but these players aren't responsible, these teams aren't responsible for it. Like you're making this choice to gamble on this sport and that's fine. But I feel like the fan has become worse. And part of the reason I'll 
dive into that is whether you're a Taylor Swift fan or not, everybody is all upset about Taylor Swift and the Travis Kelsey romance. What is the NFL supposed to do? Just say, oh, no. You know, we're going to have some some continuity here with the fans, and we're going to black it out every time she's there. Okay, so they went to her 10 times during the game. So what? So then you say the Chiefs were rigged to win because of that. Maybe they could have been rigged to win because they have the best quarterback in football. I mean, that's who we – listen, I, as an Eagles fan, I hate to say it, but it's true. I, is it, I mean, can we all agree Mahomes is the number one guy right now, right? I'm yeah. sorry, Baltimore fans. Yeah. It's not Lamar. Sorry, Baltimore fans. <laughs> not Lamar. So, sorry. It's just not. So, they think Lamar is the best thing since sliced bread. So, he, he's yeah. uh, back in the top 10. That's where I have him, like number nine or eight. And I think that's fair. Maybe seven. But he had a great season. But, you know, he became a Mazda Miata again in the playoffs. But that's a whole other story or show. But my, Don't my tell thing. Me that yeah. They, uh, you know, when you see stuff like that, like this was, this, oh, the script has been leaked. You see the script. But no one ever comes back and goes, oh, the script didn't play out like I thought it would. I was wrong. My take was dirty. It was horrible. And really, at the end of the day, I was a little biased because I'm a Ravens fan or I'm a Bills fan. You know, there are bad calls. And, you know, when I hear people say that, and they're like, oh, that was a bad call against the Chiefs. I'm like, well, does that burn? Does that sting? Because the Eagles fan, I want all you to feel my pain from the Super Bowl last year. Every yeah. single one of you. I hope it burns and stings when it happens to you. But at the end of the day, in that same game where the Eagles lost, what really lost in the game was the free seven points of the non-contact fumble for a touchdown. That took no time off the clock, pretty much. That lost in the game. That was a, If Jalen Hurts doesn't, they could just go three and out there. And they win the game, most likely. I mean, mm-hmm. think about that, right? And, and so the game is not decided outside. Of, and when people say to me, like, well, it's rigged. This is the way it's going to be. It's okay. You could have that opinion. But why do you watch? Why do you watch? Like, for years as an Eagles fan, I used to hear from the old guard of the Eagles fans, Jeffrey Lurie doesn't want to win a football game. He just wants to keep the team really good so we keep paying for these games and all these subscriptions and all this. He doesn't really want to win. So after I made sure I kept the receipts after that, I was like, what was that you said? What? Are you going to be at the parade? Okay. I thought we were never winning the Super Bowl, huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> shut, the, shut up. You're not allowed to come. So I'm just saying, like, People have these whacked out conspiracy theories well before game one became legalized. And now that it is, it's even crazier. Do I think that we could get some event where um, we find out that the referee was cheating, like like an NBA event? I think it is possible. Yes, I could say it's possible, right? It's not impossible. But the NFL is going to great lengths. They're going above and beyond. They're like, yo, if you're a player, you better not be in a casino. It's pretty much what they said, right? Don't mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that because they're making a lot of money. They're playing a game that people dream of playing. They're playing a kid's game at a man level. And guess what? You're privileged at that point. So understand. And I get why they do it. Because the integrity of the game is one of the most important pieces. Okay? If you ruin the integrity of the game, it's going to ruin it for a lot of people. Now, I don't feel like the integrity has been ruined. Some people might argue that with me. But when you have players gambling, 
Like, why is it a big deal that Kevin really gambled? Well, he did do it on team property, which he shouldn't. But then you you find out like guys are giving more effort. You don't know what kind of financial trouble they're in. Players have gone bankrupt too before. A lot mm-hmm. of them have. You don't know what financial trouble they're in, or if the, or someone got a hold of them that's an illegal bookie, right? So, I want the team. I want the NFL to be over the top with it because I don't think there should be a player in the game saying, "Oh, I bet the under on me." You, you don't think people shave points? You ever heard of shaving points? That happens all the time. I'm going to do that. Or you get a coach or someone's doing that. And the thing is, the reason why the NFL, and this is where people have to talk about the logic part of the equation. The reason why the NFL would never fix games is because they would be buried in massive lawsuits from each gambling entity that runs a state. Every state runs their each their separate gambling entity. Right? Pennsylvania does. Richard Alabama does. Uh, Georgia, all of them, whoever it's wherever it's legal at. And they would all turn around and immediately sue the NFL. Sue them, right? And it would happen. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what do they have to gain? They're already printing money, dude. Like, what would be the reason for the NFL to come in there and fix a game? Because of ratings? They're already going to get ratings. Like, you, you guys act like it's like our job. Oh shit! If we don't close this deal, get this assignment done, we're not getting paid that bonus in the month. They've already been paid up front. The NFL has been paid. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Do you think? You know, a lot of people say they don't have interest in watching the Super Bowl. I do because I, I, I do enjoy a good dynasty, and I know people are frustrated by the Chiefs, and I am too. And I want to see someone beat them, but I don't want to see the 49ers beat them. I want to see them lose. Kyle Shanahan will choke. He will <laughs> choke because he's a choker. <laughs> And he needed help to get back in that game last week. He needed but that, but that is part of the reason why you but that's why you would watch for the storylines. Like right. can can Kyle Shanahan get over the demons of the Super Bowl from Atlanta and win one? Or if the Chiefs win, it's like, okay, if you didn't think it was a dynasty, like now nah, you'd have to sit there and be like, Okay, I guess I'll come come around to the thought of yeah, Kansas City's a dynasty now. Yeah, like, and if you think if you think KC, I'm tired of Kansas. made it. Yeah, well, as an AFC fan, I get that, and I'm tired of them too. Everybody is, and it happens. But they're more likable than the Patriots. I'm <laughs> Kyle's like whatever. <laughs> they do uh, seem more like. <laughs> listen, they're more likable than the Patriots. They had, I mean, listen, just it, they had more of the uh, the Empire feel from the Star Wars, like Darth Vader stuff with Bill Belichick, than <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs do. Um, so they're more likable in my opinion, but the, the Swift Kelsey thing, they're just happy together. And you know, Kelsey to his credit, a lot of it, including me, were saying like, wow, man, he might retire. He's just, I think he's done. He's gotten everything he wants in life. He's turned it on. He really has. And I yeah. appreciate that. He still wants to play ball. Those two brothers are ballers. JC Kelsey's coming back. Trust me. So they, they want a ball. And when you look at that and you hear people say like, well, they just did it. So Swift would be in there. We get the ratings, but Okay. I don't think that um, if they really Anybody cared that much about Taylor too. Swift, they would do her at the half. half they have her do the halftime show. Has she already done one before? I don't even know. She has no. never done. And yeah. I don't want her to. So don't put that in the air. Well, sorry, jury. It's <laughs> definitely happening next year. That part's going to be rigged. You know it. You can I'm feel it coming. It. You feel it coming. I don't even watch the halftime show. I go get nachos. I go outside. 
I walk the dog. I go get more, you know, extracurricular activity things. I'll, I might make a halftime bet. I'll watch some commercials. I don't even care about the halftime show. I even missed the nipple when it came out uh, with the Ravens Giants. <laughs> I had to go back and watch it on Insta Replay. I didn't even see it. I was like, what? There was a nipple? Crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, for me, it depends on depends on like who the act is, because you know, like when Prince did it, that was like legendary. Um, Kendrick Lamar did it; I, I loved it. They you know, screwed Atlanta be... over. Yeah, that was the Maroon Five one. Yes, and I was yeah. mad as hell. I'm like, you serious? <laughs> what about uh... the plethora of talent that's down here and Maroon yeah. Five? <laughs> <laughs> see, they, but see, they here's the other one you want to go with. Uh, what if let's say Detroit got in? You know, some way, somehow, Eminem would have angled his way into there. Yeah, you know, it. he would have angled his way into there some way, somehow. I would have loved it, me too. But you know, <laughs> I feel bad for Detroit. I don't think they'll get that. Sh- I mean, I think they, I don't think they'll get that shot again for a while. That's just how it goes. You got to take it, your Dan. shot. Yeah, but I also I mean, respected Dan Campbell saying that after the game, like this might be a this might have been our only shot at this. A lot of coaches think like, you know, a couple of adjustments here, we'll be, we'll be back next year. It's like it's not it's not a guarantee. Kansas City ruined my shot. I, if I was the reporter, I'd be like, did that run through your head when you decided to go for it on fourth? Or how about <laughs> or how about when you ran the football on third down and knowing that you have to burn a timeout when you're at the goal line? Did, yeah. did you do it then? You big idiot, you big dummy. Like that's what I you know, that that's the stuff like oh man, they're gonna have to live with that for a while. But I do think when I like the Taylor Swift thing, listen, yeah, they're getting a lot the Swifties are powerful, man. They're getting a lot of praise from them. All right. I hear you. They're into it. It's bringing a whole nother segment into the NFL that they didn't have before. People didn't even know. And guess and- what? They're buying jerseys. You know? And they're talking crazy on the internet about stuff that they don't really give a damn or know about. And that's yep, the they'll, aggravating part. They'll be just like the, the the sports conspiracy fans. They'll fit right in. They'll fit right in. Loud I mean, and wrong. Loud and wrong, exactly. I mean, listen, uh, you hear the fixes in when there's bad calls. There's always going to be bad calls in the NFL. You know, there's going to be bad calls in sports. But mm-hmm. to me, at the end of the day, I if you say the fix is in, or you say the game's fixed and you still watch it, what's wrong with you? Like, does your wife cheat on you and you just keep coming back to her? Like, no. Like, I would feel violated if I found out the NFL was fixing games. I feel violated, and I think a lot of people would stop watching. And mm-hmm. that's why they come down so harshly because the integrity of the shield is important. I mean, there has been gambling. Scandals in sports, but like I feel bad for Calvarelli, felt bad for Isaiah Rogers, all these other guys, Jamison Williams. But you know, no, yeah. I don't feel bad for the dummies who did it at the facility on team yeah, time. Me either. Sidgen, I hope I'm saying your name right. Are you saying you, it takes away from the NFL concerning the Taylor Swift people or the betting or betting? Both? Um. He, so if it's betting, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think betting 
and fantasy football are symbiotic, or I shouldn't say symbiotic, are go hand in hand with people caring about games. Like no one would care about the third string receiver on a football team or what run system they're running or what kind of defense they're playing or, you know, even the combine itself, you know, without fantasy football and betting. I just really, and that's why you're going to be able to see (coughs) the survival of XFL and USFL merging because people are going to bet on it. Absolutely. I bet on it. And people will bet on it. And I probably know more about that than the than college because I think college is the crookedest game out there. But people don't want to talk about that. You want to talk about a game being fixed. I would look deeper into college and the pros. Straight up. Especially college basketball because it's happened before. But that being said, you know, the celebrity side, I get how that could be annoying. You're like, oh, God, let's just watch football. I get it. But there's people sport, out there. Though. Yeah, but there's people out there that are so upset over Taylor Swift and this Kelsey thing, and I'm like... That they're blaming them for their team losing. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, I don't... Like, are you going to let them steal the sport from you? I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, People are like that. Like, wherever you stand on whatever political issue, there might be things that come up in the sport, and you'd be like, I'm never watching it again. And I'll, nine times a time, like, you're a liar. Some people exactly. stick to it. I know people that have. Good for them for taking that stance. But people like, how could you support Mike Vick or Washington Eagles being a huge dog supporter and someone who has fostered pit bulls and things like that? And I'm like, because um, Michael Vick will be long gone. And this sport will keep playing on. And I can root for my team and not root for Michael Vick. And people people get second chances. Yeah, that one person I don't think deserved a second chance, and I <laughs> that clown in Cleveland. I'm not mentioning it on names. Uh, oh, Deshaun Watson. You might be. You might be right. You might be right. I mean, it's looking that way, right? But uh, I think we got we got a roll, right, Kyle? Yeah, we gotta get out of here. I mean, Damien, yeah. you came in a little late with that question, which I mean, I guess we could probably touch on that maybe next week. I'm watching football on Friday. Because I don't do yeah, shit. I don't, I don't do anything else. So there's that. I'll watch it as an Eagles fan. I think it sucks that they're they're gonna have it that far away, but it is what it is. Maybe I'll go to Brazil. Ladies, get ready. Maybe. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, look, we, we're run out of time. That was a great show. Uh always appreciate having you on, Godfrey. Uh I mean everybody in the chat knows Jory, you know, part of the Chief C, so it's always good to talk with you as well. Uh We'll be back next week, so make sure you guys come back. You know, Damien, you can throw the same question or, you know, other ones out next week. But make sure you're here a little earlier. We start at 630. Um, And we'll see next week if if Gene's back or not. If not, you know, we'll we'll do this again. But uh, appreciate all of you. You know, enjoy the rest of your night. Guy, get out of here. So for myself, Jory, and Godfrey, this is Cheap Seats here on Sports Empire Network. We'll see you next week. Bye. Peace, dudettes.